I heard Lawrence was like, you know, the Michael Jordan of Atlanta. This is the Roden Fellows Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Roden Fellows Podcast from the seventh class of fellows. I'm your host, Takia George, an English major at Howard University, home of the Bison. Today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Howard's very own executive senior associate athletic director, Ms. Siobhan Mansfield and of course, the other Roden Fellows. Let's kick off the podcast by introducing ourselves. Hey, everybody. My name is Cameron Jackson, and I am a senior multimedia journalism student at North Carolina A&T, originally from Prince George's County, Maryland. Hey, everybody. My name is Lawrence Goss. I am a senior broadcast journalism student at the Florida A&M University, and I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Welcome, Ms. Mansfield. Please tell us a little bit about what you do at Howard. Well, thanks for having me today. My role is Executive Senior Associate Athletic Director. I'm also our Senior Woman Administrator. So my day-to-day responsibilities are oversight of our external areas that touch revenue. So everything from ticketing to multimedia rights, marketing and communications, and I liaise with our development office at the university as well on fundraising initiatives. On the sport administrative side, I'm the administrator for three sports, women's soccer, softball and swimming and diving. And our swimming and diving team had an excellent year last year. You may have heard about some of their efforts um, and them winning the um, the conference championship, but they were also on the cover of Sports Illustrated. We're the only HBC swimming and diving team, but the other sports I work with um, and oversee also do well in their areas. As a senior woman administrator, so that's an NCAA designated position for the highest ranking woman in an athletics department. Um, so I'm the senior staffer um, on our administrative team that's a woman, um, and I work to support all sports, not just women's sports, um, but it's just a designation to to provide more diversity at NCA schools. And part of my role as the SWA is also to try to pave the way for other people who want to work in sports that look like me, a Black woman in particular. So I've been in Howard about a year and a half. It's my second time here. I've worked in Howard also in the late 2000s in a different role from 2007 to 2010. So it's great to be back at the Mecca. Thank you, Ms. Manfield. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, Just to recap the last episode, we spoke a lot about um the Celebration Bowl and all the anticipation. Um, Luckily for Takir and then also Ms. Mansfield, Howard is going for the first time in program history. So congratulations Ooh. to Howard University and... Maybe FAMU is going, which is where Lawrence goes. So we might see a Howard FAMU matchup. We might get a little bit of a rivalry between the Roden fellows there. Oh, that's great. You know, uh, Lawrence will be watching tomorrow with the team mm-hmm. has a watch party. Um, and we also have some athletic staff watching at our um, annual holiday reception. So, yeah, the, the Rattlers are great. So hopefully it is us um, and the Rattlers in Atlanta in a couple of weeks. Signs are looking like it. Signs are looking yeah. like it. <laughs> so a uh, quick question for you. How did you get into the sports world? Was it from, you know, stemming from being an athlete yourself in, in the past? Or or how exactly did you kind of, your, your transition into the sports world? My path was interesting because I wasn't a student athlete. Now, I did uh, play, well, I was on the dance team, uh, Palms Girl in high school. And I was a flag girl as well. But I didn't play traditional sports. I just always had an interest in it and watched it a lot growing up. So I went to college at St. John's University. I should have mentioned that earlier where I went to school. 
undergraduate at St. John's University in New York, graduate school at University of Maryland Eastern Shore. And I'm also a PhD student here at Howard University, by the way. So I'll be advising in about five years, advising alum. Um, but I got my start in sports just by kind of, it was falling into it. I was at St. John's, I was a Spanish major, and I was a work study student looking for a job on campus. And they had an opening in athletics. And at the time, I just went to work there because it was money, but I really grew to love it. And that first or second semester as a freshman, I decided to change my major and decided I wanted to work in sports from here on out. So initially my career path was more so in athletic communications because that's how I got started. Um, and that's what I did actually from the first 10 or so years of my career before I moved to become an athletic director and moved to athletics administration. So from St. John's, I did, well, two years as a student worker there, got acclimated about what it meant to work in athletic communications. And that's essentially the PR arm, public relations arm for your athletics teams and coaches. I did that. I went to become a graduate assistant at University of Maryland Eastern Shore and then got my first full-time job at 25 years old here at Howard. So that was my first time at Howard. I was the assistant sports information director in 2007. And then from there, I went to work for different conference offices, NCAA conference offices. I lived in Birmingham, Alabama for a little while and worked for the SWAT conference office. Um, now I was only there one year before the SEC called and the SEC is in Birmingham as well. So I worked at the SEC almost three years before I moved to work for the American Athletic Conference. And back then, that was 2013, they were in Providence, Rhode Island at the time. They have since relocated to Dallas. Uh, but when I joined the American Athletic Conference, it was still a new-ish conference, fresh from the split with the Big East Conference. And I was there about four and a half years. And then after that is when I transitioned to more like corporate PR and then into athletics administration. Uh, I went to the Lead One Association. That's the FBS. It's a trade association for FBS ADs. And a primer for anyone who's not aware, the FBSADs are the, the top revenue generating schools in the Division One. Those are like the SEC schools, Big Ten schools, Big 12, um, ACC, and Pac-12, or what will be the new Pac-12. <laughs> so I did that, and then I became, um, got my start as an athletic director at Florida Memorial University, the NAIA institution in South Florida, the only HBCU in South Florida. And I started there as the deputy athletic director and senior woman administrator, similar position to what I have now at Howard, which is a smaller school. And then I became the interim athletic director down there. This was during uh, COVID. So it was busy, busy times. I learned a lot. Difficult times, too. We all went through some hard times in sports and just across the nation during COVID. But I got a lot of experience and I learned a lot. And um, that actually led me to my path to coming back to Howard. So. That's a primer of what I've done, um, but getting started in sports, I, it was by chance, but I say it was meant to be because look at the career I have now, and I owe it all to being a curious student at St. John's University. So with listening to your path, somewhere along the lines, where where did it kind of solidify to you that this was the exact path that you wanted to go down? I know you said you had like interest in sports, you know, just, just from watching it and everything growing up, but... Where what was it a moment? Was it a was it the the job position itself, or what was it for you that really solidified this was the path that you wanted to go down? 
I think it was when I realized the interaction I would have with student athletes directly. And at the time, college student at St. John's, I was about the same age as them. But I really appreciated being able to work closely with them and help shape and tell their stories as a PR person back then. And as I grew in the industry and got more experience, I realized there was more um, that I could do as an administrator. And so later on in my career, that's when I kind of shifted to administration. I think if I remember correctly, I, I think I was probably at the SWAT conference office when I started to get more involved with professional development opportunities through the NCAA and through women leaders and college sports. That's another organization um, that works closely with um, college athletics for professional development. So it was around that time when I realized I wanted to kind of sh- set my shifts on um, administration and do more for athletes um, outside of uh, telling their stories as a PR person. But it was that interaction as a student at, at St. John's in college and working closely with the athletes where I realized, hey, this is this is it for me. And um, but I didn't have any connections like some people do. Like it would have been easier if I was an athlete who kind of built the relationship through that way. But it's OK, because being in New York at St. John's, um, right in the middle of uh, Queens, New York, we had a lot of connections in a big city like that. Similar to Howard University being in D.C., or anyone in a major city or a big school that has connections in that space. FAMU as well. So I think everyone can go after their goals if uh, they have the right, you know, drive. And you may have to try a few things to figure out what you like, though. That's what I think we should all do in college and at a young age. There's no way I would have known I liked sports if I didn't get that work-study job uh, as a Spanish major. Because I was thinking of something totally different before for that as a career. You telling that story kind of reminds me of my own path, especially, well, specifically with the Roden Fellows, because I also, um, there was nothing pointing to sports in my life before I became a Roden Fellow. Like, it was like, it was writing, 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 but it was like creative writing, artsy. Um, And then suddenly I was like a journalist and I was writing about sports. So I definitely can relate on that level. And I hope one day I can like get to the point where I know things because I'm I'm getting to know things. Um, But yeah, my my start with sports. I didn't play any sports. I was a cheerleader, but I like I I think I quit in sophomore year. So I I was only a cheerleader for a little while. Um, but yeah. Um, so I hope that I can one day get somewhere and understand things. Um, but I know that Lawrence and Cam have a lot more experiences in sports. Just gotta yeah. keep watching and you'll learn. Yep, right. Then when I started out in my athletics career, I had to learn volleyball and all different sports that softball um, and how to score sports, you know, how to write about it and write in layman's terms. So the average reader knows um, what you're talking about, but you'll get it being around people watching it. Yep. You know, similar to, to Kira, I did play sports in high school as well. Um, I started basketball when I was young and I was really bad at it. And then I started soccer and I was even worse, but then I played volleyball and that was the one sport I was actually like good at. So I stuck with it like throughout high school and then playing volleyball just kind of led me to watch more sports, specifically like basketball and football. And then I got into writing more when I got into college. And that's kind of been like my journey to this fellowship, just, you know, playing sports. And then through me playing, I started to watch it and become more interested in the media side of everything. Oh, yeah. I love it. Isn't it great how we find our career paths? It is great. And like, I don't know, I heard Lawrence was like, you know, the Michael Jordan of 
of Atlanta when, when he was in high school. <laughs> no, Is I that right? I wasn't that good. Um, I I used to play. I played basketball. Well, you know, growing up, you you try a little bit of everything, um, in terms of like sports. So I ended up dwindling it down to from from everything to football and basketball, and then I. I hate to say it, but I kind of got tired of like running into people. So I stopped playing football and then just kind of focused on basketball. But I was also in the in the band as well um, growing up. And I kind of I knew I was more just naturally talented with like band. Um, So I knew like I could I could probably take that a little bit farther and use that, you know, for uh, for college and everything. So I kind of. When I got to high school and started to like really think about life after and what I wanted to really go down, I knew I still wanted to to be in sports because that's all I I really could wrap my mind around. But I kind of had to find a different avenue because I knew I wasn't going to obviously go and try to be like a, a professional basketball player or anything. And, you know, just watching a game, I was just watching a, a, a football game on a Sunday with my dad. And Pam Oliver came on the screen doing a um doing something on the sidelines. So I was like, you know, I think I think that'd be pretty cool. So, um, you know, I that's I realized you know journalism is kind of what I wanted to to pursue. And then, you know, along with when you get into these with the fellowship, I've gotten into certain rooms now, and you see a lot more jobs in sports that you really would have ever thought there were, you know, just being like younger rather than just playing, you know, yeah. it's, it's sports media, it's PR, it's, it's being, um, interning with like athletics or, or working with, with teams, with the stadium or, or whatever it may be is so many jobs within sports rather than just playing the sport. Cause you, you know, all fans that the public, we may not know about all those, um, the, the biz, right. The sports biz and everything behind it. Uh, they may think it's just opportunities for athletes and coaches, but it's thriving industry, billion dollar industry, and then college athletics or pro sports or agency. There's so many paths you can go and do. But you need some wherewithal to 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 stick with it. You just decided to go elsewhere because um, you know it's kind of a rough and tough tough field to get into um, and stick with it, uh, but. You're we're in it now, so we got to keep going. So not only are you a woman in the sports industry, you're also a black woman. How have you navigated these facts, especially before coming to Howard, a majority black space? It's interesting because I think that um, one of the best parts about being at Howard is you can be yourself to the core. Um, and I've worked at a lot of PWI conferences as well. Uh, I remember earlier in my career, I kind of put on like a mask because I, I kind of felt like, well, maybe I need to, I, I don't know why I thought I was influenced by other people thinking you need to look a certain way, be a certain way um, to fit in. Right. And then something hit me. I don't know. It, I think maybe it was at Howard the first time or the SWAC office. And I realized that it's not, uh, it's not about blending in with everyone. It's about owning your individuality and being who you are. Um, so I just try to stay true to who I am. And um, it helps being at Howard because we are so, that's who we are as an institution. I think um, I wouldn't have it any other way. And even though I had a lot of success at some of these 
other conferences and places. Um, and sometimes I get calls to go to bigger places and, you know, like to be an AD again, I, I, I can do that. But I, I'm really great. Like, I love where we are. The culture is great. Um, it's great being around my, my peers as Black um, black people and Black. I'm a Black woman at a school that's 70% Black, if you all didn't know that about Howard University. Um, and then so most of my career, obviously, I was just, the best way to say this is that I haven't had much um, troubles as a Black person in the industry is more so being a woman, which is interesting. Uh, but when you think about college athletics, it's mostly white male dominated field still. If you take out the HBCUs and HBCUs are a small number of NCAA institutions, it's still dominated by white men. So I think it's getting better. The diversity is getting better. People want to be more inclusive. Um, but uh, my my pains are probably more so being a woman in the industry. But I think it's just all about um, owning who you are and being authentic. And that's the way to go um, in any line of industry or a business you're in. Pam, I'm interested. Um, you know, like I said, you started sports before me. Have you ever felt different um, among um, among the other sports journalists at your school? I I know you guys just said it was a male-dominated industry. Um, so have you ever, ever dealt with anything that made you feel off? Yeah, I've never felt really weird about anything like or anybody like at my school to be honest because I feel like the journalism department here is like a very niche like small community kind of but I just think in general you know for women we might have like this thing where whether it's conscious or unconscious when it comes to like sports whether we're talking about it being in it we just kind of feel like we kind of have to prove ourselves a little bit more I feel like for women in the sports entity, we kind of have to prove that we know what we're talking about compared to men. It's assumed that they know what they're talking about because, you know, sports is like more of a male dominated entity, especially like, you know, when things like the NBA and the NFL are like super popular. We have the WNBA, but it's not nearly as big as the NBA, you know, things like that. And the NBA and the NFL is men. So it's just definitely... I feel like for me, you just kind of have to uphold a certain amount of like confidence. Like you can't really let people like take you off your, take you off your, take you off your like pedestal, you know, like, you know, people might try to like check you about your knowledge and things as a woman, but you just kind of got to let them know that, you know what you're talking about. You know, what's interesting, Cameron, because that was, you hit it on that the head for me. I think early in my career, I wanted to prove people wrong. And I don't know where it came from. Maybe it's because it's a male dominated field, but I had a real chip on my shoulder to like succeed, like at almost any means necessary type. I don't mean like that. I meant like in the, in the sense of like, I was willing to move all over the country every three years. Um, and I sacrificed a lot on the personal side to prove people wrong that I could excel in the biz as a black woman. But now as I'm older, I don't have that like, chip anymore to prove people wrong because I'm comfortable now but I definitely felt in the beginning yeah I gotta get out there I gotta make a name for myself because there's not many people like me and I did have a real chip on my shoulder but at 40 almost 42 years old I'm comfortable now but listen let me just tell y'all you can have both you can have a personal life and work don't be like me moving from New York to DC to Alabama to Rhode Island 
back to DC, to Florida, and now back in DC. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a lot as um as a woman. I mean, like men do that all the time, right? But they usually have like wives and girlfriends that come with them, and so it was a little hard um for me. But I don't have that chip anymore. I'll say that much. We got to go through our own little process sometimes and learn those things, right? So. Right. Let's just say you're well traveled. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. yeah, I'm staying right here now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so I was looking at your LinkedIn earlier, um, specifically your volunteer work, and there was just so much there. Um, just to name some, I'll start from the top of the list that I had seen. MIAC Football Coaches Association, mentor for the USA Basketball Women in the Game Mentorship Program, vice president of the Black Sports Professional Miami chapter. And let's do one more. Mm, there's a lot. <laughs> Chair of the Women College Sports Communicators. What type of experience did that help you gain for the rest of your career? And um, yeah, can you talk about the connections you've made through doing so much volunteer work? Absolutely. If I remember right, so the very first start to my career was um, attributed to, or the first move in my career. I was attributed to some of the volunteer work I did as an SID. Um, it's all about building relationships. So you build a relationship through your work experience too. Um, but the volunteer work will put you in different circles sometimes. And my move from the SWAC to the SEC was in direct correlation to a, a committee I was involved with through the College Sports Information Directors of America. And it was one of those things where I didn't have to apply. It was just like a phone call from my future boss. But that's how you meet people. So I also think it's important to give back also to these committees to show that um, that that side of you, uh, not just because you want to network and build I mean, build your network to get a job, because if you're just in it for for that purpose, people can kind of see right through you. You have to really want to do this work to be in it. But um, I think everyone should. Now, you can't volunteer all the time. Like, I think at some point you probably get too busy. We all have busy lives, right? You all are in school. So I hope you still find time to volunteer. And I try to find time now. I've had to kind of uh, cut back on some of the things I'm involved with now. My most significant volunteer organization, or what I'm doing now, is with the MIAC Football Coaches Association. So me and my boss, who's the AD of Howard, Carrie Unit, Carrie Davis, he's the athletic director here at Howard. He's also my boss. So I'm number two at Howard. We're the co-chairs of the MIAC Football Coaches Group. And it's a three-year term. Um, and for me, that's something that I'm really proud of because as a woman, overseeing a, a football group, coaches group, is a big deal. There's not a lot of women that oversee men's sports in general and college athletics. Um, and that's a reason why a lot of women, what I've heard is a lot of women don't get Division One AD jobs because they want, um, in that role, they want you to have had some kind of football or men's basketball oversight. And a lot of us just don't have that at the Division One level, unfortunately. So I'm getting some of that experience now, which is great. Um, but I just think it's important to to give back. Um, I, Black Sports Professionals is also a thriving group in a, Atlanta and D.C. They have different chapters. So I hope you all get involved with them, too. So right now we all attend HBCUs. Uh, but we won't always be in a community that looks like this. So what advice can you give us as we navigate the industry? I think you got to keep being who you are. And don't try to blend in like I tried to do earlier in my career. 
And you, you're 100% correct that we've all, um, at some point, we can't stay in the, the circles that we're in, right? But that's the joy in, in being uh, out in the biz and trying new things um, and acclimating to different climates. But I think that um, part of the, the era we're in is very favorable for individuality, right? Um, I remember when I, I grew up in... I want to reveal. You probably I already gave my age, so it doesn't matter, right? But I went to um, college in the early two thousands, right? I started college in two thousand, and it wasn't as um, at a PWI, so it was uh, a little bit different back then. Like in terms of, I guess it, I didn't feel as comfortable expressing who I was. That's part of the reason why I tried to blend in in my career. But I love that we're so like it, some of it is because of the new technology, social media. That's we can express who we are, and it's accepted. And it's encouraged. If you notice, all the big brands are even leaning into that, um, the culture, right? And we have that on lock here at Howard, and everyone's trying to get it by to that. Um, PWIs, non-HBCU, anywhere, right? Big company culture, um, big companies are all trying to be like us. So I think that's the key to success, leaning into who you are and don't change at all, unless you're like a super mean person, but I'm sure you're not. We're all great. <laughs> Thank you, Ms. Mansfield. You're welcome. So you kind of we kind of talked about the um the upcoming celebration bowl a little bit earlier um but we've we've actually been covering football a lot this past season us three um as fellows so especially with the the bison making it um to the celebration bowl will you be in attendance what are you and what are some things that you're looking forward to for that that entire week and weekend I am so excited about this game I'll be there yep so that week is also our MIAC midwinter meetings and we meet twice a year as as conference administrators. So the whole MEAC will be there uh, for the first half of the week. And um, the midwinter meetings uh, are with the SWAs, myself, senior women administrators, the athletic directors, and the faculty athletic reps. So we'll all meet there on Wednesday and Thursday. And then some of us will stay back for the celebration bowl, including myself. But so I was going to be there anyway, but it came out, it worked out even better that Howard won the MEAC back to back years, by the way. Last year, we shared the MEAC title with North Carolina Central. And this year, we're just straight up, um, straight out champions. So I am just looking forward to connecting with our Howard alums in the area. Uh, Atlanta is a big um, hubbub, Howard alums, supposed to be the third largest um, gathering of alums in the country behind. Um, Chicago and I think this area, D.C. Is what I, or New York, Chicago, New York and Atlanta outside of D.C. are the largest areas um, of Howard folks. We have a lot planned that week. Uh, the Celebration Bowl press conference is next Thursday, by the way. Hopefully you all can um, stream that or can we cover it virtually? Uh, Lawrence, if you're in Atlanta, maybe you can go. It's open to the public. It's Thursday, December 7th at the Celebration Bowl. Um, I'm sorry, at the, at the city's Benz stadium media room 11 a.m next thursday but besides that we've got a lot planned with the teams that week um they have two dinners planned at the college football hall of fame and the um, world of coca-cola which i hear is very nice they've got um, some media opportunities that they're going to take advantage of while down there and um I just here's a bunch of a lot of nice things going on. We have an alumni reception Friday night, a big alumni reception with our university development office. Um, so 
it's a big week. It's a bowl game. We're excited. Um, the team will be down there on Wednesday of that week. So we're hoping to bring that that championship home and then celebrate um, and get back to work in the spring. So the Roden Fellows, we just found out last week that we'll all be going. So we're excited. We'll be in Atlanta as well. Um, but yeah, it's been a great fall semester. The teams have done amazing. Um, I believe the women's soccer team had 12 wins this season. And right now today, um, the volleyball team is at the national invitational volleyball championship in Queens, New York, and they're playing against your, um, what is, is it called? An alma mater? Yeah. Um, St. John's. So good luck to them. But next up we have the spring sports, but that's all for today's episode. To our audience, thank you for tuning in to us for another year of the Fellow Podcast. We'd like to give a very special thanks to Miss Mansfield for taking the time to be with us and share her experiences. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Miss Mansfield. Extra thanks to Parker Owens and the ESPN Digital Audio Content Team. Get all Roden Fellow Podcast episodes, HBCU podcast, by subscribing to Anscape through the listening tab of the ESPN app. Make sure to join us for the next HBCU podcast, and don't forget to go on Anscape's website and look at the latest news and insight.